Welcome in to the Victory Sports Podcast. I am your host, Preston Victory. I hope you all had fantastic weekends. Football season is finally here, and I could not be more excited as a result. Before we get into today's topics, I want to make you all aware that on the show's Twitter page, we comment on stories throughout the week and give updates on what to expect from this upcoming episode. So I encourage those of you who want to stay up to date with the show to give the page a follow. You can use the link in the description and it should take you right there. Alright, let's start off today by finishing our preview of the upcoming NFL season. Last week we previewed the AFC and I picked the Titans, the Bills, Ravens, and Chiefs to win their divisions. Today we've got the NFC Conference and we'll kick it off with the NFC South. The Carolina Panthers. Can Sam Donald resurrect his career? I think he can. For a couple of reasons. He's going to have better skill position wide receivers around him than he did with the Jets. And while the offensive line for the Panthers isn't great, it is an upgrade compared to what he's used to. So those are the two big reasons I think he's going to be able to bounce back. He'll also have Christian McCaffrey coming back to hand the ball off to to take the load off him. The defenses will have to crowd the box. And I think that opens up the ability for Sam Darnold to make big plays down the field. Now, when you look at the defensive side of the ball... It has the potential to be not a great unit, but I like them because they're all young and they're hungry and they're looking to have breakout seasons. So I think the Panthers are going to make some noise this year in the NFC. I just don't think they're going to be good enough to make the playoffs. The Atlanta Falcons. This is an offensive heavy team. They are going to put up a lot of points. And it all starts with their trio of Calvin Ridley, Kyle Pitts, and Matt Ryan. These guys are going to create nightmares for opposing defenses. And I think it's going to be a big production year for the team. Now, the problem with this is they have major holes on the defensive side. Their defense gave up 7 yards per pass play. That's not very good in a pass-heavy league. So they need to find a way to address this, and they really haven't this past offseason. So I don't see how that is going to get much better. Now, one thing they could do to help this is have Dante Fowler, their prize free agent, bounce back after seeing his pressure rate drop from 14% to 7.8%. This would go a long way to covering up the secondary's deficiencies. So overall, I think the Atlanta Falcons are going to be in a battle with the Carolina Panthers for last place, like who gets last, who gets third. But until they fix their defensive woes, I don't see them making any noise in the NFC or challenging for the division. The New Orleans Saints. They just named Drew Brees' replacement, Jameis Winston, as their starting quarterback this past Friday, and I think that was the right move by the organization. I think Jameis Winston could be a great value bet to lead the league in passing, as he has already done that in his career, and I also think he could be a great candidate to be comeback player of the year this year. But when you look at the organization as a whole, I don't see how the Saints are going to regress that much. I think James Winston gives them an ability that they didn't have under Drew Brees, the ability to make big plays down the field. As Drew Brees' career winded down, he didn't have the same arm strength he had early in his career, so the Saints weren't able to throw the ball down the field. When you look at the wide receiving core, it's pretty much intact compared to last year. Michael Thomas will have to carry a big load at the wide receiver, though. And when he was last healthy back in 2019, he had over 50% of the team's receptions from wide receivers and tight ends. 
So I would like them to balance it out a little bit more besides just relying on Michael Thomas. But I like their skill position players. They've got a good offensive line in front of Jameis Winston to protect him and give him time to throw. The defensive side of the ball, I think, has the potential to be a really strong unit. They're led by Cameron Jordan and Marshawn Lattimore on the defensive side. And I think these guys will help be able to bring the other guys along. And with Cameron Jordan rushing the passer, you can cover up any deficiencies in the secondary. So I think that this unit will be good enough. And I think the New Orleans Saints, despite losing a Hall of Fame quarterback this past offseason, will find themselves in the playoffs once again this year. And finally, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, last year's Super Bowl champions. This is the best roster in the NFL according to Pro Football Focus. They've done something that no NFL team in the Super Bowl era has ever done. Bring all 22 starters back from last year's team. They're led by their quarterback, the GOAT, Tom Brady, who is going to be 44 years old and has shown no indication that he's in any sort of decline whatsoever. He has bad moments and he's not quite as good as he was in his prime, but he can still get it done. I think his leadership throughout the locker room allows this team to gel together and turn a losing organization into a winning one. They are loaded at every single position. Maybe at running back you could argue they're not great, but that, I mean that's okay. Tom Brady will make the best of it, and barring any injuries, I don't see how this team doesn't get back to the NFC Championship or potential repeats as Super Bowl champions this year. Moving on to the NFC East, and I want to start with the Philadelphia Eagles. As you may have heard, the Philadelphia Eagles made some news this weekend and traded for Gardner Minshew this past weekend from the Jaguars and gave up a six-round pick to do it. Now that could potentially turn into a fifth-round draft pick should Gardner Minshew fulfill a couple of specifications like a certain percentage of snaps this year. Regardless, I don't think the Philadelphia Eagles are going to be competitive whatsoever this year. I think Jalen Hurts has been put in a horrible situation. I think he's a great leader, great person. I don't know if I view him as a starting quarterback. I need to see a little bit more, and I need to see growth this year. He had moments of brilliance last year and moments where I was questioning whether he had the capability to lead an NFL organization. Their first one wide receiver in Devontae Smith is already hurt, which just adds to the Philadelphia Eagles' poor resume of drafting wide receivers. They passed on Justin Jefferson last year, and you saw what he did by putting up 1,400 yards receiving. So I don't trust the front office to make sound decisions. I think there's a lot of power struggle within the organization. Some stories have come out about how the GM ordered Jalen Hurts to get pulled from last year's season finale. I don't like when stuff like that leaks. It sends the message to me that this organization is not well run. So I think that this is going to be a potentially really bad year for the Philadelphia Eagles, and they could potentially be in contention for the number one overall pick. The New York Giants. This is a make-or-break year for their quarterback, Daniel Jones. Now, he's lasted longer than some of his peers, like Dwayne Haskins on his original team, so in some ways you could consider that a success. But the Giants are getting impatient. They've done a lot to surround their quarterback with good weapons, a strong defense to keep him in games, so they don't see any reason why he shouldn't be successful. The only area on the team that gives me a little bit of concern is the offensive line. They finished 31st according to Pro Football Focus last year, and they haven't done anything major to address that this past offseason. 
hopefully they can hold up and give Daniel Jones time to throw for him to make those plays and prove that he is the guy. All right, moving on to the Dallas Cowboys, America's team. I don't really know what to make of them. They they overpay for average talent, and they're very reliant on their quarterback, Dak Prescott, who has had some shoulder issues during training camp, and they've been kind of like, he's fine, he's fine, and but he's not practicing, so very mixed messaging from the Dallas Cowboys right now. It appears like he's going to be okay. We'll see how his shoulder holds up, and I'd be really interested to see how he takes a hit after having that horrible ankle injury last year. So I think the Cowboys are a little over-reliant on Dak Prescott, and they need those players that they paid big money to to step up and live up to those contracts. Like Demarcus Lawrence, as well as like people like Jalen Smith, they need to all step up for this team in order to be successful. Pro Football Focus has a lot of confidence in them. They have them in the top half of the league in terms of overall rosters rated. So I'm not convinced yet, but they do have the potential to be a good team, but I still don't think they're going to make the playoffs here. There's too much reliance on Dak's health, and I don't like all the big contracts they've given out. I think they're those players that they chose to invest in are too unreliable, and as a result, they will miss the playoffs. Finally, the Washington football team. I think that this is their division to lose despite having unknowns at the quarterback position. They have Taylor Haneke, who balled out against last year's eventual Super Bowl champs, and they signed Ryan Fitzpatrick, who has had moments of brilliance throughout his career, but has been very inconsistent, to say the least. So I would personally go with Taylor Heineke. I was really impressed with how he performed last year in the playoffs. I think he's got a baller-like mentality, and the team seems to have a lot of confidence in him. I know uh, Chase Young it was. like Chase Young spoke out about how great he was as a teammate and how he liked him, so I think the team would really buy into the mentality of having Taylor Heineke as their quarterback. It looks like they're going to go with Ryan Fitzpatrick, so we'll see how that works out. Now, the real strength of this team is on the defensive side of the ball. They've got the second-best defensive line unit in the league, according to Pro Football Focus, behind only the Pittsburgh Steelers. So having a good defensive line can cover up a lot of woes on your side, on the defensive side of the ball. This will help the defense be strong, keep them in games. The offense might have some identity issues throughout the year. I don't think it's going to bring them down too much. Both of their quarterbacks are good enough options to get the Washington football team back to the playoffs this year. And I think it's going to be a good, like another building year, like another stepping stone for the team under head coach Ron Rivera. Next up, we've got the NFC North, and I want to start with the Detroit Lions. The team is building from the ground up right now. They traded away their longtime quarterback, Matthew Stafford, this past offseason for Jared Goff and a bunch of draft picks. So this is the beginning of a long rebuild for the team. And they're not off to a bad start, actually. They have a good old line in place and a competent quarterback that has been in a Super Bowl before. So they're going to be able to run the ball and they're going to be able to manage the game on the offensive side of the ball. But I really worry about how this team is going to perform on the defense. Their secondary is a mess right now. Their defensive line is okay at best. The offense, in order for this team to win many games this year, is going to have to put up a lot of points. And I don't see that happening, especially with the lack of weapons they have. 
I think that they're going to take a run-heavy approach to help keep their defense off the field. And I think this could work. We'll see how it goes. I don't think it will generate many wins this year, but if they're able to string together a couple of really good draft classes, I could see the Lions competing for a playoff spot sooner rather than later. The Chicago Bears. I am so excited to watch this football team this year, especially with the addition of Justin Fields. I think he fell way too far in this previous draft. There were things being said about him that just were not true about his work ethic, his ability to read defenses, and I think that was a huge mistake by the rest of the NFL. I'm excited for the Bears to finally potentially have that franchise quarterback that they've been looking for for so long. I don't think we're going to have to wait very long for Justin Fields to start. I know Andy Dalton's the starter for the moment, but the Bears are trying to time it to where he's going to go up against a inferior defense to get his confidence up. So I think that we're looking at either week two or week four. Both those weeks, he's going to be playing a team with not a strong defense. So I think it's important to get a rookie quarterback confidence, especially at this stage in his career. I do like this defense still. They are getting a little bit older and not quite as good as they were back in the Mitchell Trubisky days, which is a shame because I think they could have won a Super Bowl had they had a competent quarterback during that time. But at the end of the day, they still have Khalil Mack, Eddie Jackson at the safety position, and I think that they're going to be good enough to get this team to the playoffs because they were good enough last year, and that was when they had inconsistent quarterback play. So I don't see why that they aren't able to get there again this year. I think there will be a couple growing pains from Justin Fields, but I think Bears fans have a lot to be excited about. The Minnesota Vikings. This is a really good football team, but unfortunately they are nothing special. They are limited by average quarterback play from Kirk Cousins, who can light it up at times. But when it comes to those big moments, he often shrinks and plays not very good. Now when you look at the team, they've got Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, and Justin Jefferson, so they're loaded at the skill positions. And they've also got a strong defense, led by Harrison Smith and Eric Kendricks. Both have been very productive throughout their careers and have proven to be great leaders in the locker room. So the only thing I really see holding this team back is Kirk Cousins, their quarterback. He is able to do well in games that don't really matter, but when the lights come on, he shrinks. So I think the Minnesota Vikings should look to trade for a quarterback, and I think a great candidate would be someone like Derek Carr of the Las Vegas Raiders. He's been really productive throughout his career. He's played in some big games, and I think he's a lot better than Kirk Cousins. And the Raiders are, I think, in for a really bad season, so they might be looking to offload Derek Carr and start from scratch. If I were the Vikings, I would look into it so you can get an upgrade at quarterback and contend for the division. And finally, the Green Bay Packers. This past offseason has not lacked drama, especially revolving around their quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. But hey, he's back, so this is pretty straightforward. The Packers are going to win the division. They've got the reigning MVP, Aaron Rodgers, I just mentioned, good O-line, elite skill position players, and defense is pretty solid as well. Now, they need to address the cornerback that's playing opposite of Jair Alexander. Kevin King is slated to be there currently, and I'm worried about that because Kevin King's the one that gave up the touchdown to Scotty Miller in the NFC Championship game, which when you go back and look at that game, I think that's the play that lost them it. If you take away those seven points at the end of the half, the Buccaneers lose that game and don't go to the Super Bowl. 
And so they need to find a way to address that, either get Kevin King to develop or plug somebody else in. I hope that they are able to figure it out. I think in order for Aaron Rodgers to submit his legacy, I think he could use another Super Bowl because right now he's sitting at one, and I think there's a big difference between two and one championships. But regardless, the Packers are going to win this division. The only question I have is is whether they're able to get over the hump and make it to the Super Bowl. All right, last division of the day, the NFC West. This is the best division in football, and I think that they could potentially send all four teams to the playoffs. I don't think that's going to happen, but I certainly think it's possible. And I'm going to start with the San Francisco 49ers. They made a huge splash this past offseason by drafting Trey Lance third overall. So we know Jimmy Garoppolo is not the future anymore. Now he may be the quarterback to start the season, but I certainly think that Trey Lance is going to start and take over this team as the starter at some point this year. The problem that I have with this approach is this could potentially divide the locker room. There are some members on this team that really like Jimmy Garoppolo and believe in him as their quarterback. And they don't really know Trey Lance, and he's young, and he's more prone to mistakes. So I worry about the divide that that could potentially create within the team. Now, if they're able to navigate this, I could see them going on a run. I don't see them winning the Super Bowl, though, because Trey Lance is just too young, inexperienced, and he's making the jump from FCS to the NFL. That's a really big jump. So I don't think you can expect anybody to perform well in those circumstances, let alone win the Super Bowl. Now, when you look at the defensive side of the ball, this team's got some holes there as well. Now, the holes in the secondary, which can be covered up by their strong defensive line led by Nick Bosa. So Nick Bosa could potentially cover up those mistakes. I don't think you should be able to count on him, though, because he missed most of last season with a torn ACL. So the defense could be a question mark. Offense is going to be trying to find its identity with them picking between Jimmy Garoppolo and and Trey Lance at quarterback. So I think the 49ers are in for an up and down season and they're another year or two away from competing for the Super Bowl. The Arizona Cardinals. This is one of my favorite football teams to watch in the NFL and it starts with their quarterback Kyler Murray. And make no mistake about it, this team will go as far as Kyler Murray can take them. Which if you look at last year, he got hurt when they were having a really good start to the year at 6-3 and But then as those injuries started to kick in, his performance went down as well as the team's. Now, I don't think that's going to happen this year. Cliff Kingsbury is going to be smarter with this quarterback, using more sparingly when it comes to the running game. And I think their defense is going to improve a little bit, especially with the addition of J.J. Watt. He brings valuable experience and knowledge of the game and has the ability to inspire others. I know their secondary isn't very good, but with the strong defensive line play led by J.J. Watt, and potentially having Chandler Jones, who did request a trade, but is still on the team right now, so I'm counting on him to be there for the season. I think that this is going to be a pretty good team and a tough outing for anybody. With Kyler Murray's unique ability to run and escape pressure and extend plays, and you've got great receivers like DeAndre Hopkins on your team, I think the sky's the limit for the Arizona Cardinals this year. I think injuries bugged them down last year, and I think they finally pushed through to the playoffs this year. The Seattle Seahawks. This is a team that is similar to the Arizona Cardinals in that they will go as far as their quarterback, Russell Wilson, can take them. 
They've got great wide receivers in DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, who have another year of experience under their belt and can develop chemistry with Russell Wilson. The Seattle Seahawks have also addressed their offensive line issues. Russell Wilson had finally had enough of saying, Go Hawks! in his interviews, and finally vocalized his displeasure with the front office of not addressing the offensive line. And while he has the escapability to avoid the, the rush and when the offensive line fails to protect him, he knows he can't rely on his legs forever. And so as he ages, he wants to be protected better so he can have a longer, more productive career. He has said he wants to play till he's 45 like Tom Brady, and I think he's got the ability to do so. But the Seahawks need to invest in the offensive line, which they did this past offseason. When you look at the defensive side of the ball, I don't feel great about their defensive line and their ability to pressure the quarterback. They struggled with that last year. They were able to kind of fix it a little bit in the middle of the season with blitzes, so that kind of helped, but you need to be able to rush the passer without blitzing, and the Seahawks can't do that right now, and they're leaving their cornerbacks and safeties out to dry when they're matched up one-on-one, and you can't win against these elite-level teams by doing that. Kansas City, Tampa Bay, and the Rams, who they play twice a year, will rip them apart. So I think it's going to be a long year for this group. I do think, though, that they will be just good enough for the Seahawks to make the playoffs this year. And finally, the Los Angeles Rams. This team is going all out for the Super Bowl this year. They traded for Matthew Stafford to hopefully elevate Sean McVay's offense to another level, which it was already ranked the ninth most efficient offense in the league, and that was with Jared Goff, who was a good but not great quarterback. They will need to address their running back situation, but I think they've already done that by adding Sony Michelle from the New England Patriots. When you look at the defensive side of the ball, they just need to continue what they've been doing. They're led by Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, two of the best defensive players in the game. I would have nightmares if I was a quarterback lining up inches from Aaron Donald, who has 86 more pressures than anyone over the past five seasons. Their linebacking core is a little weak, but I don't view that as a huge concern. I think because they are so good at the other positions, they'll be able to cover up that weakness. And when you combine that with the elevated play of the offense with their new quarterback, Matt Stafford, I don't see any reason that the Rams can't go on a big playoff run and return to the Super Bowl this year. That concludes our preview of the upcoming NFL season. To recap, I've got the Titans, the Bills, the Ravens, and the Chiefs winning their divisions in the AFC and the Buccaneers, Washington football team, Packers, and Rams winning their divisions in the NFC. Now for the wildcard teams, I've got the Cleveland Browns, the LA Chargers, and the New England Patriots making it in the AFC. I went back and forth on the Patriots and the Colts because of their strong roster, but I ultimately went with the Patriots because I like their head coach and quarterback situation better. I think it is going to be close, though, because if you look at the schedules, the Colts have the advantage there. They play each other in Week 15, so that could end up deciding who takes the final playoff spot. For the NFC Conference, I believe the Seattle Seahawks, New Orleans Saints, and the Arizona Cardinals are going to be the wildcard teams. I like the Saints, who chose Jameis Winston to be their starting quarterback, and I think that will help the offense open up and create more big plays. When it comes down to the last spot, I was picked between the 49ers and the Cardinals, and I just think the Cardinals have the edge at the quarterback position, 
and the fact that they know their identity on the offense, which the 49ers do not because they haven't even decided who their quarterback is going to be, which is a big concern. Let's move on to college football. And can I say, I am so excited that it is finally back. Yesterday, we got some teams that we wouldn't normally watch, and that's always exciting to me. My biggest takeaway from yesterday is, what has happened to Scott Frost at Nebraska? He is now 12-21 and 21 since taking over as head coach, and for those of you who don't know, he came over from UCF after they had an undefeated season in 2017 and capped it off by beating a top 10 ranked Auburn team. They proceeded to proclaim themselves as national champions afterwards, which is just false and dumb, but regardless, it was a great season for the program. Many considered Scott Frost to be a top-level candidate for a Power 5 conference head coaching position. It is hard to point to one reason why he has struggled at Nebraska, but I would say the transfer portal has been a big one. They've lost a lot of players to it, and I think that points to him not getting the players that he brings in to buy in, which is a big problem. I think he needs to take a step back and reevaluate his tactics, because what he's been doing has clearly not been working. Let's move on to my picks to make the college football playoffs. I think this year is relatively easy in terms of picking the teams. I just wonder what order they're going to be in. And I have a couple predictions on how this year is going to go. And I'll get into that here in just a sec. I've got Oklahoma, Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State making it this year. I think this is finally the year that Oklahoma wins that college football playoff game. They've made it a lot in the past, but they have not managed to win any games. So I think this is finally the year that they can make it. I don't really see any challengers for Ohio State, so due to their strength of schedule, I see Ohio State getting the four spot. Clemson and Alabama, it depends on how easy Clemson or Alabama gets through their conferences. Clemson's got the weaker conference, and they'll have to probably play North Carolina, which will be a good win for them at some point. But Alabama's got the deeper conference, so I would say Alabama gets the two-seed over Clemson. Now, the other two teams I had that could potentially make it are Florida and North Carolina. Florida is a really well-coached team, headed up by Dan Mullen. Even though they've lost Kyle Pitts and Kyle Trask, I think that they'll be able to plug new players in because of his ability to coach players up. And so I don't see Florida having any setbacks and them actually going up another level as long as their defense progresses a little bit. When it comes to North Carolina, I'm really surprised by how Mac Jones has been able to build this program back up. And I think it'd be really cool if they ended up making the college football playoff. I'd be really happy for Mac Brown, and I think that could be a fun little Cinderella story. All right, last topic of the day, my PLL picks for the upcoming playoffs. This upcoming weekend, we've got the PLL semifinals, and I'm going to quickly dive into the matchups and give you the bets that I would make. First up, the Atlas and the Chaos. The Chaos had an impressive upset over the Archers last week, and the Atlas handily beat the Cannons in impressive fashion. I think it's going to be a close game, but if I were betting on this game, I would pick the under, mainly because of Chaos goalie Blaze Reardon. He's the best goalie in the world. 
You can always count on him to save at least 55% of the shots and keep you in games. Although I do think the Atlas are going to win due to their high power offense and they're also their starting goalie potentially returning. Jack Kincannon, right now he is questionable with a groin injury. Regardless whether he plays or not, I still think the Atlas will win and the offense will be a big part of that. I don't really trust the Chaos's offense and the face-off position right now where Trevor Baptiste will most likely have a pretty substantial advantage giving Atlas more possessions and therefore more opportunities to score. Next up we've got the Water Dogs and the Whip Snakes. I think the Whip Snakes are going to win this and put themselves in a position to win their third straight championship. I'll talk more about whether I think they're actually going to win the whole thing this year on another episode. The reason I'm going with the Whipsnakes is their dynamic duo of Matt Rambo and Zed Williams, as well as just their overall experience. I think that will give them the edge in a big game like this. The Water Dogs have never been in this situation before, and on top of that, they haven't played a game in three weeks. When it comes to betting on this game, I would definitely bet the over, mainly because the Whipsnakes have an unreliable goalie situation right now, but also, they have a really good offense of their own, which I think will end up contributing to them winning this game. So, I would bet the over on the Whip Snakes and the Water Dogs, and the under on the Chaos and Atlas. That is all we've got for today. Your boy has to go do homework now. Grad school started this week, so I'm officially back in school mode. I appreciate all of you. Thank you for tuning in. Our first interview should be coming soon. If you like the show, download, subscribe, and again, follow the show on Twitter where I provide updates on the show and comment on stories that emerge throughout the week. Thank you for tuning in, and my name is Preston Victory. This is the Victory Sports Podcast.